0: We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world.
2: Live around the world on the internet at michaeldukeshow.com, where you'll find pretty much everything to do with the show, the audio-only stream, the... Podcast links to all the various podcasting outlets that we have And, of course, links to social media um, uh, Where we simulcast the radio show each and every morning here uh, On the program on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch Uh, Also broadcasting live across the state of Alaska On regular old terrestrial radio My favorite I like it I mean, I love the new stuff Don't get me wrong but regular old terrestrial radio is my favorite, broadcasting on your favorite radio station and or FM translator uh, around the world. This uh, program brought to you today by your friends over there at Satellite West. You can find them at satellitewest.com. Uh doesn't matter where you are in the state of Alaska, Seward to Sitka, Savunga to Selawick, from uh, Nenana to Nenilchik and... Uh, from Diomede to Delta Junction, it is uh, the only place, satellitewest.com, where you'll find all the tools and technology to stay connected all the time, everywhere, all at once. So go check them out. Satellitewest.com. They got a list of local dealers, including uh, Radar Alaska out on the Spit in Homer and Lundy Marine Electronics out uh, in uh, Dutch, uh, on Alaska there. So go check it out. All right. Uh, Well, good morning, my friends. It is. This is this. This is the day. This is the day. This is the final day of the regular session tonight at uh, midnight. Well, guess what? We all turn into chicken. That's what happens at midnight. We all turn into pumpkins and uh, and uh, and the end of the session. Is nigh. And it looks like we are no closer now than we were yesterday, the day before, or quite honestly, 121 days ago, to having a budget from the Alaska Senate. Now, the House passed their budget back in April, uh, 17th of April, of uh, uh, already last month. So, 30 full days ago, the House passed their budget out, Senate to the Senate, as was the You know, as is the tradition and the mandate for the Senate to review and talk about and do all that stuff. The Senate, meanwhile, has laid out platitudes and uh, done a lot of uh, smarmy side-mouthing and said, well, we'll get it to you here eventually. And we promise not to do this, you know, or do that or do the other thing. And then they went ahead and did all that anyway and still have not passed a budget over to the House of Representatives. And... um it's almost like they have no shame about it. They just, I mean, they literally seem to have no shame about what's going on. Um, And it looks like they're not going to, uh, they're probably not going to budge on this. And surprisingly, again, as I said yesterday, many of the news media outlets have not been covering, uh, have not been covering it up as much as, I'll be honest, as I expected them to. Uh, again, Iris Samuels over at the uh, Alaska or the Anchorage Daily News has a piece out <clears throat> from last night, excuse me, from last night that pretty much lays it out uh, that this whole thing, uh, if we are coming up against, uh, you know any kind of uh, budgetary crisis, that this whole thing is being laid at the feet, of the uh, Senate, and that they are not ashamed of this at all. Um, And I think that that is uh, pretty interesting. Sean McGuire also has a piece in here talking about the legislative pay raises, which were failed to, that was failed to be blocked. It has to be, the, the pay raises were one of those automatic things that have to take effect. Which is just a this is just such a cowardly thing. Laws that have to take effect unless they vote against them. Unless a bill is brought up and voted on, they automatically take effect. Because nobody, nobody wants to be on the hook as say as uh, you know, being in favor. They don't want to have to vote them in because that would put them on record as saying, yes, we need a pay raise. And so they, so this is like the one piece of legislation in state history, where basically a commission proposes it, and it automatically becomes law after thirty days, unless the legislature opposes it themselves. Which um, that's just such a cowardly way to do things. I mean, it it really is just so frustrating. But uh, So here you've got legislators now who can't even do their job, well, properly, and I'm talking about those in Senate leadership right now, can't even do their job properly, but are more than happy to take a 67% pay increase. Just let that sink in for a minute. 67% pay increase. Uh, from 50000 to $84,000 a year. And then they quote Gary Stevens in the article as saying, well, I think it's a fair salary. We're dealing with billions of dollars, and I think we want to attract people. 67% pay raise to $84,000 a year, which doesn't count the thirty-four dollars to $35,000 per year in per diem, which is all non-taxable, by the way so they get another $34,000 a year tax free if you know that and this is the state of our legislature <clears throat> um it is the the whole thing uh, this whole thing is just insanity just absolute madness and insanity uh but Here is one of the biggest things, which we're going to talk about here in just a little bit. Well, no, first, before I get to that, I will say that Julie um, Colombe has a piece in Mustard, Alaska, which, quite honestly, I'm thinking that I'm just going to basically read to you in its entirety. It's an opinion piece, about 600 words, that pretty much sums up everything that's wrong right now, in the legislature, it is her little piece about, you know, her expectations coming down to Juno as a freshman and what she actually found out and discovered about how the process works. And it probably says more and says it more clearly than anything that I've read coming out of uh, um, coming out of, uh, of Juno for quite some time. So I think we're going to get to that here in a little bit and I will read you that that piece um, because <clears throat> it is that good. It is that good. So we're going to, we'll talk about that. But the big, big thing that came out yesterday, and I heard this was floating around the legislature and I was like, what? And then it got tweeted by Jeff Landfield over at the Alaska landmine. And here's what it says. This is the tweet from yesterday at 3 p.m. Wow. Wow now hearing that Governor Dunleavy might not even call a special session if the legislature doesn't pass a budget by tomorrow. Basically, he would tell them to figure their own stuff out. Legislature needs two-thirds to extend 10 days or call their own special session. I mean, this is like the ultimate game of chicken. I, I, they Basically saying, you guys figure your stuff out. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to call a special session. If the government shuts down, guess what? That's on you. So I can't I haven't quite decided yet whether this is brilliant or I guess is the avoid is it just avoidance or is it brilliance? Um and I I haven't quite decided I'm leaning towards brilliant, quite honestly. I'm leaning towards brilliant on this where he just is like, you guys figure it out. You guys have had 121 days. You figure it out. Um, don't don't get me involved. This is like the parent who's like, you guys just fight it out. The two kids are fighting. You guys just figure it out. Just keep fighting. I'm done trying to straighten out your your behavior. You guys just go ahead and duke it out in the yard and let me know when you're done. So, again, I haven't decided whether this is brilliant <laughs> Or just avoidance. Uh, hearing Governor Dunleavy might not even call a special session if the legislature doesn't pass the budget today. Basically, he would tell them to figure their own stuff out. Landfill doesn't say stuff, but I can't say that on the air. But it's the same. <clears throat> you get the, you know, you get your own poop in a group, essentially. And uh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. Um, It uh, it should be it's going to make for a very but really it is the biggest game of legislative chicken that we've seen in quite a while. If that's the case. Now, um, what kills me is that the uh, Senate just continues to basically avoid everything and tell everybody that's just that's just how it is. That's just how it is. The ADN, Iris Samuels, again at the ADN, is quoting uh, about the one day remaining in the legislative session. And they say Senate President Gary Stevens, the Republican from Kodiak, said the 17-member bipartisan majority has decided not to pass a spending plan to the House unless House leaders agree to to approve the plan with no changes. They said they would hold off – yesterday they would hold off on voting to advance their budget proposal until – Today, the final day of the legislative session. They just said they're not sent, they're not going to they're not going to pass the plan of the house unless they capitulate. Un just with, with no compromise, no nothing else that they're just not going to pass the plan unless you capitulate. There is no conference committee, there is no process, there is no nothing else. Basically, unless you agree with the plan with no changes, we're not sending it to you. You know what? If I was in the house, I would give him the finger. I would literally, two-fisted, give him the finger. On you then, because we are this whole thing is supposed to be about compromise. These are co equal branches of government, right? I mean, this this is a bicameral legislator uh legislator legislature. So they're supposed to work together. They both have different parts. One has the capital budget. One has the operating budget. They've got it all done there. I mean, they're supposed to work together. They're supposed to be compromised. They're supposed to be a conference committee. All those things are done. But these kids are like bullies, and they basically said, we're just going to hold on to this until you agree with us, and then if you don't, then we, you know it'll be your fault. No, it won't be the House's fault. It will be the Senate's fault because they have refused to work within the rules that have been laid out by the legislature, and you can't spin it any other way. Gary Stevens has said the Senate majority has decided to not pass a spending plan to the House unless House leaders agree to approve the plan with no changes. That's not compromise. That's bullying. That's strong-arm tactics. That's blackmail. And I'll tell you right now, you don't negotiate with terrorists. Because if you do, this is what it will look like every year from now on. If you give in to the demands of the Senate, this is what it will look like every year from now on. I mean... (laughs) This is just insanity. Well, we'll see what happens here. We're going to talk some more about it. We've got State Senator Mike Schauer coming up in hour two. (laughs) We can see what he has to say about this. I imagine it should be, uh, well, interesting to say the least the michael duke show common sense liberty based free thinking radio you can find us on facebook at facebook.com michael duke show slash live if you want to come out to the chat room right now you can also find us on youtube and even on twitch we'll be back with more right after this
0: If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and (sighs) MichaelDukesShow.com.
2: There is so... There is just so much hubris and so much arrogance going on here. I mean, I I just cannot wrap my brain around I mean, I just can't wrap my brain around it. What's going on? Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, Jeannie's not feeling very well. Jeannie, I'm sorry. Bill, happy birthday. Didn't tell us it was your birthday yesterday. Everybody say, happy birthday to Bill. It was his birthday yesterday. Um, <laughs> Brian lost his cup of coffee, but then found it again out on the front porch. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah, they've been too busy trying to pass the Juneteenth bill. Yeah, I got that. Um Senate doesn't doesn't give two craps. Yep, that's sort of. How will the media spin it to blame the House? Hawk, that was my initial reaction. I thought that they would be spinning it to blame the House, but quite honestly, they've been doing a pretty good job at pointing the finger right at the Senate. Um. Uh. The pay raise isn't designed to attract work, whoops, isn't designed to attract working age people. It's designed to make it easier to be a legislator without an outside job. Yeah, to become a professional politician, which is not what the framers and founders intended. They did not. They intended to be a citizen legislator, not a body of professional politicians. Chris says it's a faux shutdown. I mean, I don't know if it's a faux shutdown or not, but shut it down. I don't care. That, again, doesn't – go ahead. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. I think you spelled crap on their constituents wrong. Um. If they call for a special session, he should order them back to Wasilla. He's nothing to lose and everything to gain. I mean, he's already shown that he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the intestinal fortitude to force them to a session. So, I mean, I, I don't expect to see anything different from Dunleavy on that. I mean, if I was him, I would have called him to a special session in the Wasilla. And when they didn't show up, I would have sent the troopers after him. I would have gone and rounded him up and brought him there and said, this is how it works. But he showed that he doesn't have the uh, he doesn't have the intestinal for he doesn't have the balls is what I'm saying he didn't didn't have the had a distaste for it then still has a distaste for it now uh, there's something in the operating budget they do not want us to see says Kevin McCabe that I mean maybe that's why they passed it over that could very well be I mean that's the thing you're gonna agree to it without seeing it or we're not gonna pass it over to you what kind of bull I mean what so what do we do about it, says David? I know we vote harder. No, I I wish I had an answer for some of that. Uh um I I wish there was an answer to that. Thuggery, says Brian. That's a good word, thuggery. Um, let's see. It makes sense. There's money involved. Good morning. Good morning, Dad. Uh, can't see you on Facebook reload. Oh, my dad's on YouTube. Uh, Facebook is working, so I don't know what's going on, but, uh, anyway, yeah, I'd like to know Kevin, uh, any word on what Kevin says. There's something in the operating budget. They do not want us to see. Well, that's interesting. Um, any word on what it is, any, any rumors floating around? I'm curious. Because that's what it sure sounds like, and then how fiscally and responsible, or just even not fiscally, how just how responsible would it be to say, sure we agree to what you say without ever seeing it? You're going to agree to it without it ever coming out of committee. I want to see what I want to see the language. I want to see. Not going to vote to concur until I see the bill, and even that, I'm not going to vote to concur without our say that that's part and parcel of it. All right. Uh, we're coming back into it. Here we go. The Michael Duke show, common sense, Liberty based free thinking radio, like and share, like and follow, do all the stuff. Here we go. Okay, welcome back to the program. A couple interesting comments uh, from the uh, peanut gallery here in the chat room today. Uh, By the way, for those of you who don't know what's going on uh, when I say chat room, we simulcast the radio show every morning on the internet. Uh, Not just on a live stream, but we also broadcast it via video. Yes, you could see my happy, shining, bearded face. It's not really that great, but... You can see it on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And so we got a bunch of folks in there talking to us today, uh, as usual. Um, but a couple comments uh, from a couple of our legislators. First and foremost, uh, Senator Rob Myers uh, in the chat room on YouTube says uh, in regards to the pay raise, He says the pay raise isn't designed to attract working age people, because that's what you hear a lot of. Well, you know, a lot of these people, they just couldn't afford to uh, be here. The younger we need some younger input and we need. Uh, But that's not necessarily true. In Rob Meyer's opinion, the pay raise isn't designed to attract working age people. It's designed to make it easier to be a legislator without an outside job. In other words, a professional politician. Well, I suppose if you're making a hundred and uh, whatever, hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year as a legislator, working five months out of the year, four or five months, maybe if you get a special session, or whatever, then yeah, that's pretty good money if you can get it. Pretty good money if you can get it. But that was not the intent of the framers of the the U.S. Constitution, let alone the framers of the state constitution. They were looking for citizen legislators. So that was the first interesting comment. Then we got discussing, of course, uh, you know, what's going on and the fact that the, the Senate is not going to send the budget to the House, not going to transmit it to the House unless the House agrees and capitulates completely and agrees with it. Representative Kevin McCabe from the House Majority said there is something in the operating budget they do not want us to see. Now. I'm assuming that if they're looking for a concurrence vote, they must have some language out there floating around for people to review. Because if they're just basically saying, we're not going to show you until you agree to everything, that, I mean, what? But it is interesting. What is hidden down inside this budget that they don't want folks to see? What is the thing that's going on inside the budget? I want to know. You know, Kevin goes on to say they just seem so intent on not going to conference committee. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. How do you just hold your nose in the air and walk down the aisle and say, mm, we don't deal with the peasants unless they agree with us at every level? Mm. I mean, how do you how do you even What? So again, this tweet that just came out, uh, and uh, and that uh, came out from Jeff Landfield, this this could this could add an interesting wrinkle to this whole thing. And for those of you just joining us, I was talking about this earlier. This is setting up what I'm calling the biggest game of chicken that this state has ever seen. That the rumor has been, and I heard it early yesterday from somebody, and said, "Well, that would be interesting," but I, you know, I don't know if I put much credence in it. And then Landfield tweeted about it, so apparently he heard the same thing from somebody or the same people or different people, where he said he was now hearing that the governor might not even call a special session if the legislature doesn't pass the budget today, that basically he's telling them to figure out their own crap out. You guys figure it out. And I... Again, I'm maybe it's avoidance on the governor's part. Maybe I'm reading too much into this. Maybe he just wants to be part avoid of that part of that train wreck, or maybe it's just the like I said, the biggest game of chicken that you're just like you guys, you guys duke it out. Here's the the the, the good news of this is it doesn't appear that the news media is capitulating uh, with the Senate in trying to blame somebody else. The news media has actually been pointing out very clearly that the House did their job, they transmitted their budget, that the Senate has held everything, and they've been quoting all these let-them-eat-cake quotes from the Senate leadership, basically saying it's our way or the highway. And when the government shutdown is going to be looming and occurring, um, it looks like they're going to be the ones that are going to be on the hook for it. The Senate will be. Now, does that matter? Gary Stevens, I mean, is he ever going to be unelected? Bert Stedman, is he ever going to be unelected? Click Bishop, is he ever going to be unelected? Kathy Geisel, I mean, she's probably the most vulnerable of all the players that I just named. But everybody else, I mean, they're just, they'll be in there till the day they decide not to be or the day they die. They just, they, have they... They are almost bulletproof. They can't. They can't. They can't be shaken off of their podiums. It seems like the people of Kodiak. I'm talking to you, you people in Kodiak. The people of Kodiak just keep sending Gary Stevens back again and again and again because he delivers whatever it is that they want him to deliver. Stedman from Sitka. You know, Click Bishop from the interior has got so, he's got the labor union so forcibly behind them that he just, I mean, he couldn't be. I mean, Elijah Verhagen ran a pretty good campaign this last time around and just barely scratched, just barely nicked the paint on on Click Bishop. It's insane. And, uh, well, yeah. Um, these guys, they're not I think they're there until they leave of their own accord or decide to run for governor or something like that, right? Although, I mean, why? You've got all the power. I mean, I can't see Stedman ever leaving the he'll be there till the, you know, they'll have to carry him out of office because he's he loves it. He loves the Machiavellian politics and the power of controlling the whole budget. Stevens, I think, wants to retire because he's been pushing so hard for this legislative pay increase. And because he's been in the legislature long enough, he was part of the PERS and TURS program. He's pro- I think he's probably a tier one employee, and he gets a 60% of his top three years of pay. So if he gets this big pay bump to the $87,000 plus, he's going to get a big healthy retirement. So he's probably going to spend another couple of years in there, and then he'll be done. And he'll walk away and retire to somewhere else. Thanks, Kodiak. Oh, man. But this idea that somehow the governor's not going to call a special session is, um, is interesting. That is very, very interesting. Um, everybody needs to take two minutes, says Brian, and send their representative an email encouraging them to stand against this thuggery. And that's really what it is, folks. It is, it is arm twisting. It's extortion. I mean, to basically stand there in the public square and say, you know, traditionally, You give me one half of the budget, I give you one half of the budget, and then we sit down and we work it out amongst ourselves, you know, where the compromises are. But instead, this year, you give your half of the budget, and they look at you and say, we're not giving you our half until you agree to it, no matter what. What? What? It's, it's... It's it's just it's crazy. And they've gotten away with it because they've gotten away with it in the past. And like I said, this is why. And I'm using the analogy of the United States. The United States does not, to the best of the public's knowledge, negotiate with terrorists. Why? Because they realize that by rewarding that kind of behavior, they just encourage it more. You know, if they hijack a plane full of people and the terrorists demand a million dollars or what, or whatever, and they give into it, then they say, Oh, that worked. Well, we'll just hijack another plane full of people and do it again. That's why they don't do that. If we give into this, Bert Stedman will gleefully stroke his walrus mustache and tell you, Well, see you next year. We'll be doing exactly the same thing because it worked. Just like it worked when he threatened the projects the various road projects in the Kinnikus Bay, and he threatened various projects in the Matsu, and he threatened various projects down in the Kenai if people didn't toe the line and do what he said. Um, he used his his uh, his his, infor- his information, his institutional knowledge, and the power of his position and his chairmanship to basically lord it over everybody else. And because everybody gave in, here we are. I remember just a little bit ago when he said he wasn't going to do the turducken and then he did it anyway? Does it, I mean, is any I mean, this is it literally Lucy and the football. I promise not to pull it away this time. Oh, I pulled it away. So sorry. So sorry. What was I thinking right there? I uh, and here's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about the four or five weaker. House Majority Caucus members who may be swayed by threats or by, um, you know, threats of defunding or, you know, may be enticed by new funding coming to their things. That's, I mean, I just want to know. Just want to know where it is. I want to know what's going to happen, but I'm concerned about those four that they may form a concurrence with the House minority, which would be totally on a, even if the even I'll be honest with you, even if the budget coming out of the Senate was perfect because of the way that they're doing business. And I think the budget from the Senate is far from perfect, even if just the way that they're doing it holding it over the barrel, basically turning the House of Representatives into an advisory committee instead of an actual body of elected representatives of the people, I would vote against this. Because that's not how the process is supposed to play out. We'll, I mean, we'll have to see what happens here. But, um... You know, if you're if you're a supporter, uh, somebody just said Ruffridge and Eastman will vote with the minority. Well, I'll tell you right now, if you are a David Eastman constituent, you may want to send him an email and remind him that we don't negotiate with terrorists for a reason. Just point that out to him that the us doesn't negotiate with terrorists for a reason because they will continue that behavior and they should keep that in mind as they're looking at the machinations of steadman and company in this case do not I mean this is a this is a scare tactic. It needs to come back to the table. It needs to go through the process. It needs to go to a conference committee where everybody has their say. Not that the conference committee is going to fix everything. I mean the fix is already in. I don't understand why the Senate's so hesitant to do this because the Senate totally controls their side of the conference committee, right? They get to pick all three members because there is technically no minority in the Senate. And the House is made up of some pretty you know Lucy Goosey Neil Foster and and Bryce Edgemond and you know and Delena Johnson who is is the is the token republican I think on the House uh, finance committee I mean they could be part of it or they could appoint somebody else but the bottom line is is that the conference committee is even going to be swayed in their favor why wouldn't they want it to go to conference committee I want to know but I guess we'll see I, I guess we'll see what's what's going on here I again, I don't know why they're avoiding the conference maybe there's something to what uh um maybe there's something to what Kevin McCabe said is that there's something in the bill that they don't want us to see in the details of the conference committee maybe maybe that's maybe there's something to that I mean because they could own the conference committee. why don't they just do it? We'll see. All right. The Michael Luke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We return with more. State Senator Mike Schauer going to be joining us at the top of the hour. Up next, the thoughts of Judy Colomb. We're going to read those up here. Be right back.
0: broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on, on, the, on the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com um,
2: Eastman won't care. He'll just bull, he just bulls up and ignores the right thing. Eastman is now needed. I mean I I the problem is is that Eastman will do something just to, you know, just for the giggles and the and the accolades and the standing up for what, you know, to be the martyr on the field, he'll do that. Uh but I think, you know, if he's gently reminded that there's a reason we don't do this, and of course that's why he's outside the caucus cuz he just bull china shop. Bull meets china shop. Um, Randy says, okay, Randy says, is the house budget proposal balanced with no deficit? No, Randy. And neither has any budget in this state in the last 15 years been that way. Do we want that? Yes. But at this point, no. I mean, I know you keep going on and on about a balanced budget, but these people haven't had a balanced budget in years because they got so many different pots of money to draw from. And it, it just doesn't do it. Um, oh, shouldn't the shadow Eastman spokesperson chime in here, says Brian. I don't Who is the shadow Eastman spokesperson? But I'll, you know. Uh, the three, uh, let's three S's need to go away. That would be Stevens, Stedman, and Stutes. Those are the, I think those are the three that Greg is talking about, but I don't quote me on that. Bill said we should fact check my statement. I don't remember which statement that was bill, because that was uh 10 minutes ago. So you'll have to remind me I'm going back up. Um, The Senate is trying to make the House an illegal binding caucus also. I mean, they are trying to force that kind of thing in their thing. Uh, D- Dan says they can't even do their job but want to pay raise for 120 days of hide the monkey. Alaskans deserve better. Uh, it's all about power and control. Yep. Uh, I would agree with that. It's all about power. <sighs> Oh, uh, and then Melody says something about there's some meeting Thursday, Matsu Assembly Building, two p.m. regarding a book cons- reconsideration of a book supposedly porn in our school library. Okay, two p.m. Matsu. Um. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the bu- the governor's budget. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh. The governor's budget had a hole in it, too, e.g. not balanced. I mean, again, there hasn't been a balanced budget in this state in how many years? This is not rocket science here. Um, Bill, I can't even say what you wrote there in context because it might get strung together by the AI that's monitoring the program, I'm sure. Uh, what should happen is base every representative pays solely on performance. They fix issues, they get paid. They screw around, they don't. Uh, I'll do it, says Chris. He'll be the token shadow Eastman spokesperson. Eastman is the most conservative legisl- legislator in Juneau. Do you really worry about him turning on conservative interest? Hell, they'll be, they were unable to bribe him with PFD money to vote for abortion. Okay. Um, I think you'll find that he may just for the pure joy of it, vote to gum the works up this time, but we'll see. I mean, I, I, I like I said, I agree with a lot of what David believes in. But I don't agree with the way that he does it because I think that there's a bit of a martyrdom complex that's built in there of, uh, I mean, I just, that's just kind of how I view it from the outside. Maybe I'm totally wrong, but. Randy, I'm not even going to engage with you today because I'm going to get pissed off if I do because you just you, you can you fail to grasp certain concepts. Yes, you're right. The Senate proposed a budget that does not have a deficit for now. Uh, the House has proposed to draw from savings for now, as we've done for the last 15 years. Um, but you you refuse to even attempt to grasp some of the other concepts about people's money and things. That, you know, literally, I just can't today because I would be tempted to just, I'd just be tempted to, uh, no, I have no time for that today. So there you go. Brian says, yep, that's Eastman. Um, I mean, most conservative legislator, um, I would, um, I don't know if I would agree with that statement. Um, I don't think, well, I think that's subjective. Anyway, we'll see. Uh, all right. Well, we're 25 seconds out. We're going to jump into this. Uh, oh, sometimes the salt. This room is getting salty this morning. All right. We're going to jump back into it. Here we go. The Michael Duke show, common sense, Liberty based, free thinking radio i i just i can't
0: even i just can't even the michael duke show proudly splitting the left versus right uh, dichotomy yeah i had to look that word up too i don't think it means what he thinks it means there he is though that guy michael dukes the one with the show
2: No, I, I promise I know what the word dichotomy means. It's like a it's a medical procedure, right? It's a it's what it's I had a dichotomy or a lobotomy. I can't remember which one it is, but it's, it, you know. <laughs> Welcome back to the program, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Hour two of the, uh, of the, or hour one of the big radio broadcast, hour two is coming up. We're going to have Mike Schauer joining us for his usual Wednesday. But today is the last day of session edition, the Doomsday Chicken Edition. That sounds weird, doesn't it? Doomsday chicken. That actually sounds like some kind of recipe. I've got doomsday chicken. Um it's uh, you know, where we're playing chicken with the budget and the and uh, and the and the house and the senate are duking it out and the governor's thinking about sitting in the background doing whatever. Uh it's um it's some interesting stuff. We've gone over here over the last couple of days just kind of the heinous. Machiavellian maneuvers that the uh, Senate leadership especially has been exercising inside the uh, uh, inside the legislature this year. And it is so, it is so very frustrating to watch all these things happen. But I can't imagine, I mean as an outsider, it's frustrating for me, for you, for I mean uh, you know, but I cannot imagine what it would look like from the inside. If I was part of this, I mean, like I, Mike Schauer told me that somebody got offended one time because I was talking about some politician and I'd be like, I would just throat punch them. And apparently they came to him later and say, he threatened me. He was going to throat punch me. That's not what I said. What I said was if I was down there as a legislator trying to work with these people, I mean, I mean, it's, a, it's an expression, people. Let's not take it literally. No, I was not literally going to. It's like saying, "Oh, I just wanted to throttle her." Right? It's not or him. I mean, it's just it's not. It's a it's a figure of speech of a level of frustration. I would just throat punch somebody. It's not a specific threat against you, although I'm sure somebody is going to take it that way. But I just cannot imagine what. I I just cannot imagine what it uh, must be like on the front lines, even that even some of these legislators that I disagree with. I got to say that they are doing the Lord's work down there. I mean, there's just some I've been part of a of a of a elected body. Not fun, not especially when you are in the minority or the super minority and you have no power whatsoever. It feels like. Just it, You are Sisyphus, and that rock is so heavy, and it just starts again every day. It's just amazing. Well, Julie Coulomb, uh, who's a freshman representative from Anchorage, uh, wrote an opinion piece in the uh, Must Read Alaska. And it's so good, and it says all the stuff that, I, uh, that I've been thinking about when I think about working in the legislature that I wanted to take the time to read this to you. And it's only 600 words or so, so in its entirety. This will take just a couple minutes. But I want to read this to you because I think this just shows you how people want to do the right thing, and they get down into Juno, and this is what they see, and this is why they either leave or they join the machine, one of the two. But this is the level of what is talking about. So here's the piece from Julie Coulomb. It says and i'm going to this is i'm going to be reading from its entirety i'll let you know when i'm done or if i take a sidebar i'll let you know in coming to juneau i had every intention to approach the legislature with an open mind build bridges and work towards consensus it's important to me to always keep what is best for alaska at the forefront by and large i've been satisfied with my experience and with my fellow uh, house con- colleagues I joined the freshman caucus early on to establish relationships, so when the tough issues came to a vote, I had heard the other side of every bill and could make my decision with all voices represented. The one thing that I had counted on was the process, laid out in statute and the Constitution. I assumed that the other body would also be working in good faith, but that has not been my experience. In my estimation, the current Senate majority considers the House as somehow inferior, rather than an equal partner in a bicameral legislature with simply a different role. The broken process began with the dubious legislature pay raise from the Compensation Commission. The House voted the initial increase down, but it was clear we had been duped and what the Senate wants, the Senate gets. Then the House passed the operating budget to the Senate on April 17th with assumed promises that the Senate would pass over the capital budget in a similar manner. This is the tradition where each body takes on a separate budget, then passes the budget over to ultimately reach concurrence or go to conference committee. Disagreement is expected, and there is a process for resolving it. The Senate did not pass out the capital budget and kept the operating budget. Until this day, I have not had a voice in the capital budget. Furthermore, the Senate reversed every amendment the House majority rejected in the operating budget, including just about every change that I and others made in subcommittee. I'm going to repeat that one paragraph because this is so ultra important. The Senate did not pass out the capital budget and kept the operating budget. Until this day, I have not had a voice in the capital budget. Furthermore, the Senate reversed every amendment the House majority rejected in the operating budget, including just about every change that I and others made in subcommittee. The looming special session lays at the feet of the Senate. They have little regard for the People's House and have made every effort to insult the House majority. When the Senate presented a significant PFD bill, SB 107, to the House Ways and Means Committee, it felt, as though the Senate, it felt as though the Senate couldn't be bothered to show up and make the case for 75.25. No bill sponsor came to introduce the bill, their reasoning behind it, or to show any amount of thanks for hearing the bill. They seem to have no connection to how it affects their constituents. Career politicians believe there is no threat of not being reelected. The Senate leadership have been publicly and privately disingenuous about their approach with both budgets, even going so far as dictating how much the House can spend on capital and then not giving it to us because our projects had to be statewide and listed for their approval. What is the result of all this dismissive and disrespectful behavior? disenfranchising the people of my district and every House district. Not only are they ignoring the majority, but they also have no regard for the House minority either. They have broken the process so that 40 representatives have little to no say in either budget. I have spent many hours analyzing and amending the budget, but now I see that the four months I have spent here, away from my family, was not necessary. I'm all right with compromising and taking my losses if I get a seat at the table in return. In final insult to injury, the Senate added $40 million into their budget for a government shutdown. Before we even get either budget, they are budgeting for a government shutdown. The Senate actions have had no spirit of compromise and no respect for the process nor constituents. It's difficult for those outside of Juneau to really see, but the House has made every effort to negotiate and to get the budget back to no avail. There is no negotiating going on here, only mandates. This is not how the process was designed to work at the state or national level. Misplaced arrogance based on hubris within the Senate is no way to legislate with respect for the constituency. If this is what the future holds then there is little hope for responsible stewardship of fiscal resources in the execution of the people's business. I, for one, will do all in my power to thwart such bureaucratic tyranny. Boom. Mic drop. That pretty much just lines out the whole thing. I mean, it's, yeah, it is a hot, 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 hot mess. And I'm glad I'm not the one that's having to deal with it. That's all I'm saying right now. Okay, we are coming up on the break. Uh, Senator Mike Shower is going to be going to be joining us. <laughs> I just read. I just one of my sources in Juneau just dropped me a message. Apparently, listening to the show this morning, it said rumor is is that Click Bishop is going to leave the Senate next year and run for governor in 2026. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Him and Peter Machickey, they'll be duking it out, I'm sure. All right, we got to go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Mike Shower coming up next. Um, wow. (laughs) Even if the Senate sent it over today, it still needs to sit in our desk for 24 hours. We have to be able to peruse it. It's almost not worth having a session today. Yep. Yep. The fact that you need to explain that you're figuratively speaking, when I said I was going to throat punch somebody or I wanted to throttle somebody, that it's an expression of agitation and not an actual physical threat. He said, the fact that you need to explain that you're figuratively speaking shows the state of our world. Idiocracy. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Um, you can't please all the people all the time. Mike is one of the few radio talk show hosts that's not under Dunleavy's desk, says Robert. I don't know exactly what that means, but, uh, interesting. Um, that is a good read. Yeah. You should almost, oh, let me, uh, yeah, you could feel her frustration coming through. I mean, she keeps it tightly reined in. But she, it is a, I mean, and it lays out all the things that they've done specifically wrong. I mean, just all the things that the Senate is doing specifically. I mean, stripping out and reversing every amendment that the House, even the ones that were done in subcommittee. I mean, right? That's always the argument about the binding caucus. Well, you'll get your say in subcommittee. Except for, of course, if the other body just strips everything out. (laughs) Yeah. I mean it's uh it's it's crazy. Just absolutely crazy. Uh all right. I think I'm all caught up with the um, um I think I'm all caught up with the um uh, uh thing. Um Hawk says he doesn't think Peter Maccicky wants a job. He thinks he enjoys being home with his family and every night as mayor. And it may be. I would. I mean, I agree. Who wants to spend all their time in Juneau doing that? Uh, by the way, I got a. I got a text from Peter Machicki. He wants to come on the program and uh, talk about peninsula stuff, which we'll do probably next week. Because um, I, I. I. I don't have time to. I didn't have time this week with everything that's going on. To get in on that, all right. Um, oh, I didn't get a chance to talk about. It. So everybody did it. Was did everybody on board here? Did you guys all lose power yesterday? Did you guys all lo- were you part of the big power outage, the statewide power outage? People from Homer to Fairbanks lost power. Um, <laughs> I I have to laugh because my wife sends me a text message. I'm in Anchorage at the radio stations there working at my desk and all the power goes out. Um, and uh all the power goes out, and and I'm like, Oh, that's not good. And then I immediately get a text from my wife that says, The power's out. Did you not pay the power bill? I mean, it's a running joke between us. I pay the power bill. Uh, and I'm like, No. I said, In fact, the power's out here too, at exactly the same time. And she goes, are we being invaded? <laughs> I mean, she apparently has been watching way too many movies with me about EMP attacks and everything else. And the one second after and, and all that jazz. Um, so, uh, and, and I'll be honest with you. When I discovered that the power had gone out consecutively in, in, uh, Anchorage, Wasilla, Homer, and Fairbanks, I thought, well, that's very, that's very, that's an interesting, that's an interesting coincidence, right? I mean, that's kind of a weird, uh, uh, that's kind of a weird thing to uh, uh, be all about. So, uh, anyway, yeah, it was, uh, the extension cord between Homer Electric and Fairbanks came unplugged. Yeah, that, that could be it. They need to get a uh they need to get a better cord. They need to get a better cord, that's for sure. All right. Well, Mike Schauer is gonna be calling in today uh because he's got some kind of internet connectivity issue going on. I don't know exactly what's happening, but we'll see that we'll figure it out. Okay. Um let me do this here. Uh I got to do a couple things. Uh I know. Sorry. I can't type and talk at the same time. Um uh state senate. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay, got it right there. Yep. Got it right there. That all works. Uh that all works. I got that going on over here. He makes it so difficult. I'm just trying to right there right there that's the one i want okay i got it uh all right so um there's been outages around alaska some cyber issues perhaps uh all right well let's go we're going to get i don't know why he waits the last minute every time but he puts me in a panic we got to go what the number the number you're texting me on you're killing me all right <clears throat> i got it we're calling him right now. All right, here we go. Uh, what number do we call in on? The one you're talking to me on. Hot uh, one. Uh, yeah, that one right there. Uh, you ready to go? Um, I hope so. Yeah, of course. Uh, of course. <laughs> <He's> so, <laughs> Jesus, you are so enthusiastic this morning. Four months. Five, uh, four, four months. months. All right. So, whatever. Yeah. Hold the line. <laughs> That that set it off.
0: <laughs> Whoa, buddy! Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the Michael Dukes Show dot com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world.
2: Live around the
0: world on the internet
2: at MichaelDukeshow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Welcome to it, the Michael Dukes Show. Hi, how are you? You ready to go? Hour two of the big radio broadcast, and we are jumping right in with both feet uh, to talk with uh, one of our favorite legislators for his weekly... Discussion and commentary on the shenanigans going on around down at the shenanigans going on down at the legislature. State Senator Mike Schauer joins us this morning uh, live from Juneau to talk about this. Uh, Good morning, my friend. How are you?
1: Good morning. Sorry about the computer thing. I think there's a uh, yesterday I noticed around Alaska, a lot of places there were outages. So I don't know if they're having a cable connection issue, or some cyber, um, you know, cyber shenanigans, of those, something, little. but uh, even here in junior, we were getting the spinny wheel of death trying to connect. Yeah. So uh, another, another little, de- little, little, another little yeah, DDoS little attack or something
2: right there. doing a little denial service yeah. attack. Yeah. Cells um, so working
1: fine, but there's computer connection stuff. So well, I be, don't know between, what
2: it is. Between the electricity going out throughout all of the state yesterday and the internet issues, you some you got to. I mean, I was laughing about it during the break with the listeners because, you know, the power went out in Anchorage. My wife texts me 60 seconds later and says the power went out here at the house. Um, Did you forget to pay the electric bill? It was all. It's a running <laughs> joke with us, and I'm like, no, no, I paid it, and the power went out too. And even my wife, who is very Sunshine, She is very Polly Pollyanna. She said, are we being invaded because Anchorage and Wasilla and, and Homer and Fairbanks are all out of power at the same time? Uh, it does yeah. get a little concerning sometimes <laughs> when you when you that. Yeah. When that's the first thing you think of, you're like, ooh, that's not necessarily paranoia, not necessarily a good thing.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I had a buddy. Uh, he flies for Alaska. He's a good dude, former special ops guy. And uh, he was in Vegas shoot last year, I think. And uh, he fell asleep, you know, just whatever, uh, based on traveling. And he, he woke up, and it was kind of dark in his room. And he opened up the windows, and the, Vegas was just dark, which, of course, never happens. It is power outage. But he said the first thing to his mind he goes, oh, come on. He said the apocalypse starts, and I'm in Vegas? I'm all <laughs> flip <flipping> the <laughs> You know, so the first thing his mind went to is pretty funny. He's like, Really? He's thinking of that Stephen uh, King book, The Stand. The Stand. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. No,
2: that's a that's a great book. I, re, I remember reading that right out of high school and being like, wow. Um, well, anyway, speaking of apocalypse, how's it going down there? <laughs> I mean, today is the, the, the clock wow. is at midnight, 1159.59. 59, and um, you have got some people down there that are trying to play fourth dimension, uh, dimensional chess. Uh, uh although I I have to admit the mainstream media is not giving them a lot of the political cover that I expected to happen. Even a lot of the mainstream people are saying, well, the Senate has had the other that they, they're just this is gonna be their fault. I could see the innuendo right now uh and this kind of stands in fact, the quote from the from the ADN today, which was basically, um they have decided, the Senate majority has decided to not pass the spending plan to the house. They're not going to even transmit it unless the leaders agree to approve the plan with no changes. I mean, that is, that's, that's not just hubris. That's, that's arrogance. That's thuggery. That's coercion. Yeah. I don't know
1: what else you call it, Mike. I mean, I've never seen this. I've heard it may have happened a few times in the past. I've certainly never seen it. Um, The Senate has literally is strong arming the House and as opposed to treating the House as an equal body um, with slightly different, you know, setup and roles, how they how they work. But it's bicameral right? It's, It's two bodies supposed to have equal power, if you will, in their own way. And they're supposed to have equal ability to, you know, create the budget, process it, debate it, you know, do their thing. And the Senate literally has had the operating budget for a month, a month they have been sitting on it. They have kept the capital budget this entire time. They've never handed the capital budget to the house to debate it. So the capital budget for all the things of projects and everybody's districts for roads and bridges and whatever, they've never given it to the house. I've never seen this before the Senate majority Don't include the minority because we got no part in this. This ain't our plan. It's only three of us. We got no power in this. The Senate majority, Mike, and Senate finances literally has held this budget hostage. I don't know what else you could say than the words you used. It is being held hostage. It is being held as a weapon against the House. I mean, Mike, the the House, (laughs) what are they supposed to do? I mean, like I said, even the mainstream media is asking these questions now because how do you give top cover to that? You've never given the budget to the House to work with. Talking to House members, they're like, yeah, you know what the Senate's doing? They're saying, tell us what you want in the capital budget and we'll tell you what you can have
2: right right that's not a negotiation no that's That's not compromise (laughs) no it's not a negotiation i mean this is the same thing that we were talking about with the pfd what you know one side full statutory other side no 75 25 oh no full statutory no 75 25 okay we'll meet you in the middle 50 50. okay 75 25 that's not how negotiations work that is not negotiating That is basically just mandating what's going on. It is strong army. And, but the the reason that they're doing it is because they've gotten away with it in the past, and nobody's called them on their And and this is it. And I'm afraid that they may be able to sway and entice some of the weaker members of the House majority if they get concurrence on this thing. Dude, the whole face of the legislature is going to change in the future because this is what they will do every time. The Senate will basically not produce a budget until the last day unless everybody agrees.
1: Mike, they've always been doing that, but that's been their MO. They don't produce a budget because they know in the end they get all kinds of pressure. They get a couple people to cave and they get what they want. And that's the way they've been working it. They're not stupid. They've been doing this for decades. Now, all of a sudden, though, what's interesting is now they're doing it to a House that's a little more unified. And not willing to play their game. And all the trickery they've been using for this, you know, you remember we've had Senate planet co-shares last couple of years have been taking, you know, they were holding capital things hostage. They were pulling capital money out of people's district, especially the MASU, right. right? Right, right. we just oh, we're just we're just not going along to get along. Right. So they were pulling projects out, pissed people off. One of them happens to be the House Speaker this year, had stuff pulled out of her district. So Go figure this time well, around. They're going no, we're and not it wasn't, doing that. It wasn't
2: just time. monies, Mike. It wasn't. Here's the thing that gets me. Uh, and specifically, yes, I have a dog in this fight because I live on Kinnick Goose Bay Road in the Matsu. But the the But the, the KGB Road Project had been on the books for years to finally get to the top of the mm-hmm. list. And it's being thing. It is the most dangerous road. More people I've lived here eight years, 12 or 13 people have died on this road in the eight years that I've lived here. It is the most dangerous road in the state. So he wasn't just playing with monies. He was playing with people's lives. This has been a project that has been planned for the last 10 or 15 years, uh, this expansion project. And he basically said, if you don't do what I say, I'm pulling all the funding for this project. I'm moving the funding to somewhere else. That is playing. That's not yeah, just. Well, that's not just power. That's playing with people's lives. So what, Mike? So what? It's power. I can do what I want.
1: Yeah. I have the ultimate power to tell everybody else how to see, see that aphrodisiac, Mike. Greatest aphrodisiac throughout history. It's not you know sex. It's not money. It's power. Always has been. That is the greatest aphrodisiac: is to have power over everybody else and be able to bend the world and other people to to your will. And that's one of the problems with politicians that get this kind of power. The hubris you talked about, say, it's my way or the highway. You're going to do this or else. I'm going to hold all the cards. And I'll tell you, Mike, it really is fascinating to watch this year, especially being on the outside, because I'm watching a house finally go and coalesce around this and go, you know what? Screw you. We're not going to play the game. So I can tell you right now, this all these tricks and the game, Senate Finance been playing, Senate Majority, the leadership, I think next year you're going to see something based on the rumblings I'm hearing is that house is going, you aren't getting the operating budget <clears throat> next year until the Senate hands over the capital budget. You aren't going to get one. They, I think they learned their lesson. Yeah. And I, I actually, it's funny, Mike, cause some of them now have been talking to like, yeah, I know you told us. I'm like, yeah, I did. I told him back in April, said, don't you dare cross. I said, you hand that operating budget. There goes your leverage. I told people that over a month ago, Mike, I said, if you guys use the house, hand them the budget, you gave away their, leg- their your leverage. One way or another, they're going to freaking put pressure on you. And look what they did. They were yeah. absolutely doing it. We've well, seen this before. A lot of freshmen that didn't understand the game, they're playing with these right. guys. And guess what? Now they've got no leverage, so they're sitting here in the last minute. And you know what we're giving them by the process? Normally, according to the rules, right, that when we pass the budget or they pass the budget to us, it has to sit for 24 hours. I asked that of somebody yesterday. I said, Well, you know, we got 24 hours. It's got to sit. We don't pass the budget. They can't. You know, somebody in leadership said, Well, you know, we, we don't have to follow that. You know, we've broken that many times. You know, and the the judiciary has said that, you know, they won't get involved in our stuff. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like Here you go again, Mike. It's like, Law. I mean, you don't have to follow that. We can do what we want. I mean, it's just this. It, uh, well so, and,
2: and the worst part of this whole thing, was, I mean, the thing uh, is is that they looked right in the camera, they looked right at the they looked right at the reporters and they said early on, oh well we're not gonna we're not gonna turduck on this, we're not gonna put this all into one bill. And then and boom, they did. all in one bill. I mean, they lied right to your face, they lied to the constituency, they lied to the press, and then they said, No, well, we changed our minds. We're gonna do whatever we want anyway. I mean, the, again, well, the arrogance yeah. and the hubris of this whole thing is just astonishing.
1: Well, I don't know who said what and who. All I know, Mike. I mean, for because I don't watch every press conference with these guys and, and what's going on. Because I don't. The reality is at this point, I don't trust anybody. I just don't. I mean, I have been, you know, just the way things have gone here, Mike. Nobody. I don't even know what to say anymore. But that's the problem for Michelle and I. We're kind of pretty trusting people, right? And I'm looking at all this now, and I go, don't trust anybody. I mean, it's a, you you never get a straight deal. Um, fingers crossed behind somebody's back. Uh you know, it's always a game being played, like I said, always manipulating for an advantage, always trying to to get their way um, you know, with things. And this but this this is next level right now. Honestly, Mike. I mean it is. I mean this is this is next level kind of stuff because right to hold an entire body of the legislature hostage, trying to bend them to your will. When you look at how much money certain districts have gotten over the years, how much money has been funneled to them, considering what you just said about KGB, the Matsu, and a few other places that get shorted often, but yet there's money that funnels to all kinds of interesting projects like Rose to Nowhere. Um, it is fascinating that this stuff never gets called out, and we haven't been able to, but you know, I'll go back to another part too, Mike. and this is, this is some conversations I've been having with people the last couple of days. <clears throat> You're never going to get long serving conservative legislators that would end up having that kind of power that have been around long enough to, to kind of do the Fairbanks, you know, thing where they have four lane roads paved everywhere because we tear each other up. These legislators that have been sitting around forever, they come from districts. So they'll just keep sending them back decade after decade. And then they're around a long time and they have, power and, and and knowledge of how the system works and they know how to manipulate and play the game and you're just not going to see that you're never going to have a 30-year legislator from the Matsu mike one misstep <clears throat> you're gone <laughs> you're conservative. you're out right the Left's already attacking you the press <laughs> is already after you oh now you got the right after you yeah you got no support
2: you're done right because so, the conservative the reality. other conservatives will be eating you alive the circling oh, yeah, the wagons yeah, and just- shooting inward kind of thing
1: you're you're just not going to get that. So this this is next level, Mike. I mean, you've got in the when I know probably time is getting close, but the the coup de gras for me is that while they're playing this game, while they're talking about a balanced budget and crowing about it, and they balanced it right, but they balanced it on the backs of Alaskans by reducing the PFD. There's no fiscal plan that would look at taxes or anything else or reductions. This was balanced on the backs of the middle class. In the poorest Alaskans, but they're doing it, Mike, with a smile on their face while they're giving themselves a 67%, $34,000 a year pay raise. Mm-hmm. It exactly. is unconscionable to me it's like where they, we are in they, this body.
2: They slide the knife in, and as they twist it, they smile at you with teeth. I mean, it's just... How do you do this, yeah. Mike, while yeah. you're
1: giving yourself a 34000 dollar a year pay raise. I, Legislator yeah. pay will go to $84,000 a year plus per DM, if you do an average 4 month session of 36,000. Yep. That's $120,000 a year, Mike. Yep. I and put it, in a, an amendment on the floor and I think four of us, five people voted total to to take away the pay raise. I had a, I had a specific amendment to strip the pay raise. It failed. It failed miserably. And I'm just looking around going, how do you go home and look at your people and tell them that while all this is going on, while we're feeding government fully, while we're adding hundreds of millions of dollars to the budget, because we did, while we're reducing the PFD, we're gonna give ourselves a pay raise and a pat on the back because we're doing such a good job.
2: Don't pay attention to Fumbled. that because I'm don't pay attention to that because I'm getting ready to retire and I need that big pay bump to make sure that my my retirement. I, I can't believe that. So I, that's I, true. All right, uh, Mike Showers, our guest, state senator for District O. We're gonna continue <laughs> with him here in what we like to call the Shower Hour of Power. The Michael Luke Show continues right after this.
0: Listened to by more staffers in Juno than any other show, because their bosses told them to. And after what they just heard, oh man, they're gonna be best. You're a bad, bad man. The Michael Duke Show.
2: Back in the ch- chat room. Uh, back in the back in the whole thing here. Yes, the Parks Highway is closed today. Um. The daily news and k t u you both talked about this there's an air force uh um there's a military exercise going on where they're closing the road. I don't know exactly why they need to close the road other than they're doing some kind of uh war gaming I don't know I don't know what's going on, but uh the highway's <laughs> gonna be closed for a few <laughs> i mean it's, it's all I can think of wait a second why are you closing the highway i don't understand um anyway uh that's going to be closed today for about uh, five six hours so uh just make a note if you're traveling don't be driving down the the, they're going to be closed between 198 and 201 so that's pretty far up there so that is it's out towards Cantwell I mean it's uh definitely a weird place to uh uh definitely a a weird place to do it so Chris just
1: sometimes they do sometimes they do like a simulated crash exercise or Searching. For, I mean, I'm totally speculating. Mike, I have no idea. I mean, they, sometimes
2: could be, they, do a, they could be practicing you know, landing on the road. I mean, who knows? <laughs> I mean, they could
1: be doing that. They yeah. could be doing a practice in you know, like a crash scenario where they bring stuff in. Um, I mean, I have no idea. Uh, but like I said, totally speculating the Northern edge is a big exercise, a lot of stuff going on. So they could be doing a, an insertion kind of thing, extraction. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, you know, and then, I mean, then people go, well, oh, you know, they turned off the power or stuff. Yes. I mean, they, not likely that the military would do that they usually would announce something because you know now there could be a a darker side that you know some they're doing a quick you know something with things but they don't normally do that mike Because that kind of stuff like power outages and all that i mean that can that can affect people's lives i mean that can cause people you know that can cause accidents and all kinds of bad things so they don't normally play those kind of games so i suspect that's probably something different the highway thing i've seen that before Especially up around Fairbanks when they're doing like red flags and things, they'll they'll cut certain sections off for things that are going on. And like I said, it's usually just some portion of a like treating it real world but not on the military reservation, if you will. So Right. That's probably right. something like that. But yeah, you know, I don't know. We'll Who see. Knows.
2: We'll see. Uh it's south of Cantwell, the East West Express parking lot. Uh I don't know. I don't know where it's at, but it's somewhere it's somewhere it's up near Cantwell, somewhere maybe south, maybe north. I think it's south of Cantwell. You're probably right. It's probably that big, long stretch of open road with no trees on either side if they're going to try landing. Although, that piece of ground is pretty bumpy. I would hate to drop an airplane on that. That would be uh, exciting. Um, okay. Uh, I mean, man, I just all I could see is the conspiracy theorists on that Duke show, man. They're just crazy. Um <laughs> Oh, they're gonna get somebody. Somebody, Gary said uh, they're gonna be landing C C one forty sixes on on the highway. That's what they're doing. All right. Well, uh, anyway, uh,
1: not a C-146. I, I, I mean, C one forty six.
2: Maybe C one forty
1: seeking helicopters coming off the um, one of the ships. If they have got an amphib out there, maybe it could be. Maybe. Uh, c-130s might land there but more like the helicopters or something because like i said our roads are not exactly in the best shape
2: no i mean i think a c C, i think a herc would be the only thing you'd probably want to land on that road in that way uh because damn that road is not straight and uh well it's pretty straight but it's it's definitely bumpy uh i wouldn't want to land anything (laughs) at speed on that thing um all right uh well we we've enough of our conspiracy theory madness here. I want to come back here, and Mike, uh, we're going to talk about. Um, uh, we I want to talk about the the my commentary earlier. I keep waiting for Facebook to flag me for saying not negotiating with terrorists for calling the legislature terrorists, but I'm using it as an analogy. Why the U.S in at least in public, I mean it may happen behind the scenes. But why the US refuses to negotiate with terrorists is for a very good reason. Uh, you know, like I said, you take a plane full of hostages, you demand that they release prisoners or give you money or give you weapons, and they do so, all of a sudden you've told them, Oh, well, this is a great tactic and they'll do it again and again yeah, and again. It works. Yeah, it works. And so this is the same kind of mentality we need to be using in these kind of situations with a with the Senate because obviously uh they if this works for them, they'll just keep using it. Just like Bert Stedman has been refining this process for the last four or five years with different types of arm twisting. Every time they give in, he just ratchets it up one more. This is like the ultimate. I mean, he's come to this point because he's been able to ratchet it up over and over and over again. And this is like the, this is like the end game at this point. This is the ultimate. If he well, can get away with this, then next year and moving forward, it'll be a whole different deal.
1: Well, people are also getting a little wise, Mike, to some of the tactics that the old guard is using. And so they're having to change and use this tactic, or then they have to do, or they really have to ratchet up the pressure with multiple things, right? But this year's a new one. <clears throat> haven't seen them actually hold the budget hostage and not even.
0: The Michael Duke Show. Not your daddy. Wait, sorry. Not your daddy? Ooh, not your daddy's talk radio. Huh. Whew. I was scared for a second. Thought we were going down. Here's Michael Dukes and the show.
2: Okay. uh Rock. Wrong had the wrong timer running uh hey it's the michael duke show we're back we were back but now we're really back uh i was just talking with state senator mike shower about my analogy that i used previously uh which had to have uh uh oh i said shower not showers my bad man my bad uh state senator mike shower
1: actually it is shower not showers and you're in trouble because michelle was looking at what you posted on facebook and it says Mike showers
2: i know and wow. so
1: she's like you better tell him that shower well so because it, it's
2: supposed to be shower hour it's supposed to be showers hour of it's supposed to be apostrophe but i didn't do it and then ah, i typed the thing okay i don't know what she's talking about look it says shower right there it does not have an s in it anyway. Well
1: you fixed it didn't you? um not me
2: uh <laughs> we, we anyway we All were right. just we were just talking with uh with mike about um my analogy earlier to say you know this is why you cannot uh you know why the us as a government as a as a people does not negotiate with terrorists because you know if they take a plane full of people and then they demand weapons or money or release or prisoners or whatever and you give in to them they discover oh this is a great idea we'll just keep doing this because it works and it's the same thing that's happened in the past in the legislature oh we'll threaten your road project we'll threaten to pull money from here we'll threaten to do this and people have capitulated and this is just the ratcheting up effect to the point now to where this is like the end game. I mean, this is like the whole thing. Uh, and, uh, you know, so, I mean, what do you what do you say to my analogy of this? Am I wrong? Am I right? Uh, you know, what, what what say you on this?
1: Well, I mean, Mike, let's think about it. They, they probably learned this from the federal government. This is how the federal government operates. If you don't want to do something, the feds go fine. They can't necessarily force a state to do things. And the courts have generally agreed with that, you know, depending on the premise and what it is. But states can go, yeah, we're going to hold our own elections. We're not going to hold your federal elections. I don't like your law. Feds can go, and this is what they'll do. Fine. But we're going to withhold funding. We're not going to give you your road. We're not going to give you your road funding. We're not going to give you this funding. We just went through the, e, the, the whole vaping thing again, like last session, reintroduced. And I had my same impassioned speech on the floor about I am not about to take away vaping from you know 19- and 20-year-old kids that are serving the military. I had a carve-out amendment, shot down, brutally shot down. And I'm looking at you people and go, who do you think you are to tell a kid that they can be 18 years old, pick up a rifle, go die for their country, but they can't drink, they can't smoke, they can't vape, because we know better than you what well. you can do. You're brought to your choice, except what we tell you, you know, when it comes to, you know, if you you don't want to get the vaccine, well, that's not your budget. Oh, but, you know, like abortions for the, well, yeah, that's, you know, that you're 14 years old. You should be able to make that decision without your parents' knowledge. You know, if you're right. not sure what gender you are, absolutely. You know, 10-year-olds ought to be questioning these. Things. Oh, they're all over the map, Mike. But, you know, when it comes to, you know, some things they don't like vaping, we're going to sh- shut that off until you're 21. I mean, the well, point is, we... is they use these things and they say, well, but we need the money. I mean, if we don't if we don't agree with the federal law, then then they'll withhold funding from us. I'm like, you mean like what we're doing with marijuana, because that's not federal. But well, but but that's that's different. You see, Mike, that's my point. There's hypocrisy to spread around all over the place, and they're doing no different than others do. And the Senate majority right now is using the, the budget as a hostage method, and it's not giving the House the opportunity to get it until the very end where they have no ability and no time to do anything with it. So it's pass it or else, hoping that the blame would be put on the house that they've always done in the past, right? They've always gotten the press to go, see, see, it's their fault. It's their fault. We gave them 22 hours to, to you know, debate it and fix it, although we've had it for a month. But this time it's not working, Mike. They, over, I think they overplayed their hand. I think the house said, you know what, screw you. We're done with these stupid games. That's what I'm hearing. The press is going, you you never gave them the budget. How can you blame them? You guys are the ones it's I think it's kind of breaking down on them, Mike, for the first time since I've been here. Their games are not working and it's backfiring yeah. on them, and I think they overplayed their hand.
2: Bottom I, line. I have to laugh, and this is just on a personal <clears> note, <throat> on the vaping bill, because again, Stevens was quoted in there saying, Well, we just want to get people to quit smoking. So that's why we're going on this vaping bill. And I'm like, you moron uh, the the easiest way for the cessation of smoking which is demonstrably more damaging than vaping is to that's what England did England embraced the whole idea of vaping and they reduced their smokers in the UK by over 50 percent. And they said vaping is 95% safer than smoking. And they embraced that and they did it. And it was used as a cessation tool. And now they're saying, well, we got to stop vaping because we want people to stop smoking. Well, the. the I. My head is going to explode. And first of all, people who use tax law to try and behavior modify somebody is, again, the throat punching must commence immediately because. Using it oh. as, a, as a tool for behavior modification is blatantly just wrong, uh, but that's what they continue to do. They know better than you, Mike. They know better than me. They know because they've been appointed and anointed from on high.
1: Well, look, I mean, Gary's a nice guy, right? He, he is genuinely a nice guy, and he cares. He's trying to do something that he believes is a good thing, but fundamentally, I don't agree with the process. I don't agree with the tax without a spending plan in place. I've said that repeatedly. I've never voted for a tax. You might as well just throw the money out the window. Well, most of it's going to the cessations. Of mo- but still going to some to the general fund. We're going to spend it every penny. So that's, that's number one. Number two, you're telling, again, a mil- which you go on base and ask, Mike, and they'll tell you, please don't take that from us. I was talking to a rep you know, from up north, you know, some of the bases. He's going to say, like, it was either the the number one or two thing. Please don't take, you're already taking the drink. We can't have a beer. you have already taken cigarettes from us. Please don't take this, you know. I don't care. I know better than you. So, see, my point that what frustrates me, Mike, is that there's a lot of, you know, the the good idea theory of things. Oh, we should do this and we should do that. And if we don't do this, the feds are going to withhold money and et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, so what? How about, for once, we do the right thing and go, you know what? With that mindset of we're not going to take away your freedom, <clears throat> then we're not going to do that. How about Mike? If they can't vape because that's not good for them, I'll go back. I'm gonna let's talk. Or just let's take some of the harsh issues. All right. If they can't vape because it's terrible, how about they can't have an abortion until 21? How about that? Oh How about yeah. you can't have gender surgery until you're 21 because those things are dangerous, can have long-term impacts like for the rest of your life. There are all these social issues they're talking about right now, Mike. How about if you're not smart enough, if you're not wise enough, if we don't want you to have these long-term health impacts, then how about not being allowed to have an abortion when you're 14 without your parents, you know, um, being involved, because that can be damaging for life that can cause scarring and health issues down the road, psychological damage. You can never, there's all kinds of reasons why Mike, we can start limiting things or which was my argument on the floor in addition to having a carve-out amendment for the military, which was shot down, how about we pick an age for once and we go, that's the age of consent. That's the age you're an adult. You can do all the good and stupid right. things you want because right. you're an adult and pick it and be done with it. It's 18 for this, 14 for that, 21 for that, 25 for this thing, 22 over here. I want it to. Ch- no wonder they're confused, Mike. Right. They don't know when they're a freaking adult because right. you won't treat them like one.
2: Well, so and, and then the, how about we stop doing this and do it smarter? Well, and then the courts have decided recently on a gun issue. But this is the same kind of thing that that uh, that, you know, that it's it's unconstitutional to uh, to, you know, increase or make it so that uh, uh, the 21 years of age to buy a gun thing, to buy a, a, a pistol. And they declared that unconstitutional. So, I mean, I that's the thing you the age of consent is the age of consent. 18 should be what it is. You know, if you could like you said, if you can go die for your country, if you can go fight and die for your country, then you should be able to go have a beer after work. You should be able to, you know, do anything that's legal out there. You should be able to do it. And that's just but again, it's the do-gooder politicians of we know better than you how to make all this stuff work. Um, yeah,
1: and it was disappointing because there's some people in there I would have expected that would have voted for at least for my amendment. To carve out military, if you're active duty, guard or reserve, and you're, you know, up to 21, you know, you can, or you know, at that younger age, you can go ahead and vape. And that's just that. Again, Mike, that doesn't pass common sense test. You have no, if you want to talk about long term health effects, talk about taking a bullet down range.
2: Yeah, that's they've got
1: got some long term health impacts with that one. Yeah, you know, getting blown up in an IED. My son went through that in Iraq. That's got some long term health impacts.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like forever. Yeah.
1: Oh, but but vaping is dangerous
2: yeah exactly oh boy well last year this kind of
1: lost your you kind of lost your way on that one
2: yeah last year stevens had a similar bill that passed both the state uh, senate and the house and dunleavy vetoed it so we can only hope that whatever happens this year that he vetoes it again because again yeah mike i'm yeah yeah, i asked him
1: and i know it wasn't i'm sure it wasn't just because i asked but i did ask the governor veto it with those reasons and for whatever reasons he chose, I never asked him. He did veto it, and I appreciate that. I hope they send it back again, Mike. Um, because, you know, if you're going to do this and you get the support for it, at least carve out the military folks who ought to be 18. I just stop doing the – I just uh, – whatever. I can't. I know. It's not where it beat my head against the wall against it, but it is so frustrating that we need to be doing these things on a more, on a, a larger scale. We yeah. need to be applying a larger – logic. So you look if vaping is bad and health impacts then make it 23. Make it 25, make it 30. Yeah. Why not? Then then you're almost guaranteed they're never going to do it, Mike, cuz by then they're pretty set in their ways. Why why limit it at 21? You know, maybe maybe the actuarial data that the rental car companies use is the right number. Maybe it should be 25 before they can do anything. There's a reason, Mike, that they won't rent the cars to cars to males especially until they're 25. Well, it's just more dangerous. They're, they're risk takers at that age. So, the actuarial data is that's when they'll rent for the most part. You know, you can rent, but they'll pay, you have to pay more, yeah. right? A premium for yeah. it. So, maybe that's the age. You know, if the actuarial data says there are more risk takers that age, maybe you maybe should be 25. Let's put that in. Can't drink a beer. <laughs> Can't smoke a cigarette. Yeah. Can't bait until you're 25. How do you think that's going to go over? Well, that's just, that's just too much. That's just much. Where is it, Mike? Where's the age? When do we start treating I, I, our kids just, like adults? I just when you know. do we start training them to be adults as opposed to keeping them as adolescents as long as possible and then wonder why culturally, one more reason, we're completely upside down because we never teach our kids to be responsible.
2: Yeah, exactly. Mike,
1: we we had to pass a bill on the floor
2: the other day and debate it
1: <clears throat> that talked about training them how to balance a checkbook. What yeah. is wrong, wrong with our society good right gracious.
2: well what's wrong with the society that that wasn't taught first of all at home and second of all shouldn't we shouldn't we have some of those basic lessons be taught to- but no we're gonna teach them about the victimhood that they have but we couldn't possibly teach them how to balance a checkbook that you know all right crazy we're easy, gonna crazy we're gonna come back for one final segment and we're gonna get we're gonna have Senator shower put his put his uh turban on he's gonna play Creskin for us. And predict what's going to happen here in the next uh, 48 hours. We're going to see what happens here. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense. Liberty-based. Free thinking radio.
0: Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. (laughs) Nice beard. The Michael Duke Show.
2: Okay, we're back. This is a, and obviously anybody who's watching this video understands that this is a touchy subject for me because I've been vaping here for the last four or five years. But it keeps me from smoking a pipe or cigars or doing, well, I mean, I I do that. It was my choice to do that. Um, I enjoy it. Uh, and again all the all the data they're completely ignoring the day England went exactly one this is a sidebar totally sidebar and probably nobody <laughs> cares about this for but me but England went a hundred percent in the other direction the National Health Service embraced vaping as a secession tool and like I said they have the smoking in the UK has dropped by over 50 percent the royal cancer society has shed, had commissioned studies that shows that it's 95% safer than smoking is it risk free no probably not but it is a 95% uh, and and yet here in this country they treat it like it's the plague and they keep going on about it. oh they're marketing it to children with all these flavors i like mango there's a fruity flavor mango right there. That's what I'm vaping is mango. Why? Because I like it better than the taste of uh, golden tobacco, which is one that I vaped in the past. I like it. It is. It's not just kids. In fact, adults overwhelmingly prefer a lot of these flavors. This is not just a marketing ploy for kids. This is so stupid. I get so freaking well, pissed off by this.
1: I, I will, I will tell you in addition to the 18 you know, year old thing, the libertarian side, plus the military. <clears throat> Sorry, on am with the extra on my voice this morning. Um, you also, Shelly Hughes, made a point out um, yesterday on the final vote in the bill that um, there's a lot of uh, companies that are marketing pure, like oils, like you know, herbs and th- uh, or herbs, herbs <laughs> and others right. that are like have healing properties that don't have any of that stuff in them, and they're being used in vapes um, for. Uh, medicinal purposes, like actual medicinal things that are soothing or helping for healing or different kinds of things, like there's a lot of that going on too. And you just took that away. Yeah. So no, there's not a lot of thought. I think for some people that are voting for this stuff or putting it in, like I said, some people you know are genuinely trying to do things better in their way. I don't agree with it, which is fine. That's a policy difference. But you know, there it's not as simple as they make it sound. And don't forget, again, Mike, on top of all of this, there is tax. There is a tax increase, and, they said they, and uh, Senator Myers right. pointed out that last year when the governor vetoed that, they changed the tax way, and I forget exactly which one they did, but <clears throat> they said, well, no, 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 we changed it, now this tax is less. It was like retail versus wholesale or something. But he's like talking to the, the retailers, is like, once you apply the tax, it's almost virtually the same. So once again, Mike, the games are being played. Oh, well, look, we reduced it, we made it better. We did this to it. Well, actually, when it's applied on the ground, It has the exact same effect. So, you know, don't – it's why you go back and you can't necessarily believe people because they'll change things or do this, and then you always find out later. It's like we had to pass the bill so we could find out what's in it, you know? (laughs) Okay, Pelosi. Um, Exactly. So no, it's like you find these little loopholes. Scott Ogan working for me was really good at that. He could look at something and go read the bill. He's like, no. He's like, nope. Go pull a statute out. And look at where the, it says amend this or add this new subsection. Once you read it, he taught me that because I didn't understand. Most people don't have any idea how to read a bill and how it applies. But go take the bill and insert it into the actual statute, those big, thick books, and read the whole thing. And you're like, oh. In context.
2: Whoa, in context. That's, mean. right, yeah. That's not good. That's what it does? You're yeah. like, yeah. The
1: sponsor gives you a flowery explanation of how great it is. I'm looking at the one coming out the pharmacy bill. We're voting on that today, and I've asked some people for. I'm like, because we don't have enough time to see all these hundreds of bills, right? Right. I'm like, and it's put in by a pharmacist. I'm like, is that gonna like get people in trouble that gave out ivermectin because it's like they're gonna have power for this and power for that. And I'm like, and I understand that that guy didn't want, didn't like the the ivermectin and the alternative stuff during the COVID. I'm like, uh oh. I'm like, what does this one do? <clears throat> Another danger sign. You know, is this one gonna give them power to? You know, it's not disbarring, but, you know, taking the license from doctors that want to prescribe ivermectin for COVID-2025, you know, I mean, what's – there's always these little things like that, Mike, and it's just a slide in. And if that guy didn't like ivermectin and was against the alternative treatments and now he's a legislator and he's putting a bill in, okay, what's that going to do? Now, maybe not, but it's a legitimate question to ask, and you see this crap all the time, and you're like, what does it affect? You better read the statutes and you better understand how they're going to do it because they can take that bill and you give them legal authority and then they write regulations. And who knows what that's going to say (laughs) at the end of the day.
2: Well, that's why I was always that's why I was so frustrated, for example, with the ranked choice thing, because there was 26 or 27 pages in the voter manual. But that was just the changes themselves. It was not the law as a whole. So you couldn't read it in context. Just another, <clears throat> just another fascinating. Oh, point Mike!
1: I, I mean, according to Alaskans for Better Elections, it's the most simple thing ever. Yeah, I get no. that. Occasionally, I get about ten emails that hate it and one that likes it, and it's like, well, it's some, I found it very simple. It's very yeah.
2: easy. I'm like, oh my gosh! You have Come. no idea what, oh. cha- what changed in that. All right, well, <clears throat> we got to get back to it. We're going to talk about the last hours of the session. Let's continue here, the Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Like and share, like and follow, do all the this, this stuff, youtube and blah, 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 blah. Let's get to it, shall we? Here we go. Okay, well, let's uh, let's finish things up for today. Our two last final segment of the show this morning. State Senator Mike Schauer is our guest. Uh, Senate District O, my senator, part of the unspoken minority, the unofficial minority of the Senate. Uh, all right, I said it before, Mike. Slap that turban on. Hold the envelope up to your head, Almighty oh, Kreskin. Tell us what you see. What it does the next forty-eight hours look like, in your opinion? Having been part of this, you know, from the you know the outside looking in, seeing all the chicanery and the, like I said, the Machiavellian kind of maneuvering that's been going on. Tell me what you see in the next 48 hours. The the Senate has said they're not going to pass the budget over to the House until the House capitulates without, you know, without actually seeing the bill, transmitting it. Uh and so, as you said before, it has it's supposed to lay on the table for 24 hours before it gets taken up, which means there's not even enough time for that. So what happens? What's going on now? What the what is the next 48 hours gonna bring, Mike Schauer?
1: not even 48 right i mean the senate's taking this down to the wire in a way nobody's ever seen for a long time so it's really we're about 16 hours well i'm just saying uh, yeah
2: i'm just saying 48 hours i mean which means the end of the session and then the aftermath in the next 24 hours the governor
1: the governor is going to have to call the session there's no doubt there's no way with the way the senate's been treating the house as a redheaded stepchild that the senate in the house are going to agree to call themselves back in especially uh, with what's on the call
2: wait a second because because i heard a rumor yesterday morning about this and then apparently landfield heard the same thing because then he tweeted it where he said he's hearing that the governor may not call a special session and just basically tell the house and the senate you guys figure your crap out because i'm not i'm not gonna so i mean is that could be like the ultimate game of chicken or it could be Uh, uh, avoidance. I don't know what, I mean, is there any, have you heard anything about that? Have you heard of that? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, you know, if I was Mike, I think it'd be hilarious and
1: fantastic if the house would just pass this ridiculous conducting budget and then the governor just veto it and go, you know what? This process was not fair. Um, the entire house had no real input into it other than the house minority that had some of their stuff put back in by Senate finance after the house majority voted down those expensive amendments for the operating budget. Yeah, that's part of it too, folks, by the way. <coughs> um, when you talk to the House members. So, you know, he could veto it and send it back and go, no, start over. I want to see both bodies have equal input and you guys do this the right way. That would be an amazing move and pretty cool. But um I think it is most likely that we're not going since we're not going to pass in the budget and the House is not going to agree to a budget they haven't had a chance to see. Who in their right mind would do that, man. That's almost like the binding contract. Right? Oh, you get some input on it. We're going to make it what we want in the end, anyways. But you got to promise your vote. What? Right. What? That's right. illegal. No, not here though. Not Alaska. We don't follow those rules. And in the, in the judiciary said so they're not going to get involved in our, you know, the way we do business. Okay, noted. So that being said, um, the House would be just incredibly unwise. To pass this budget at this point, especially because, and like I said, more, more so even the budget, Mike, and, and talking to a number of House members, it's not the budget per se. It's not even the PFD per se as, as the major sticking point. It's been the process. It's been the fact they have been treated like garbage by a Senate majority and not letting them even have the budget to look at it and take their, their bite at the apple, so to speak. So I think it's likely the House is going to say pounds and. We're not gonna we're not gonna do this, which means that we just sign and die with no budget. Which means the governor, because knowing the House and Senate aren't gonna put this this call together, not gonna agree. Excuse me, got hiccups. Um, it's most likely the governor has a very limited time to call us back in and put put on the call. It's just gonna be a couple things. What's gonna be on the call? Where's it gonna be? I'm sure it's gonna be Juneau because if we went through that in 2019, that was a nightmare. So it's probably gonna be in Juneau. It's probably gonna have the budget. Maybe one or two other things, whatever he decides, and it will start whenever it starts. He could do it immediately. He could, I've heard a lot of rumors it'd be somewhere around 1 June, so it'd be a 30-day special to the month of June, because at the end of June, that's when you know we hit that clock for the new fiscal year. Now, they've shoved money in the budget, strangely, for a government <laughs> shutdown, making sure people can cash out their leave and all that. So another little trick up the sleeve the Senate's put in there on top of everything else. So... And it was interesting. My oh, and there's you can love this. There's a fascinating one I found. So you know that each year two very important and powerful councils, so you got the Ledge Budget Budget and Audit Committee and you got right. the legislative council. Ledge Council does, you know, all the stuff about a fifty-two million dollar, fifty-four million dollar, something like that, budget for the legislature. And Ledge Council spends that money and they have power over policy and what we do. Very powerful. Every two years it switches. This year the Senate has it, has control of it. The House has control of ledge budget and audit. Well, ledge budget and audit is very powerful. It has the ability to audit agencies, what's going on, that independent authority, right? And it has a couple million dollar budget. Senate Finance stripped that away. The other body, when it had power, in addition to how they've been treating them, oh, you see where this is going, Mike? We're going to not give you the budget and give you a chance. We're not going to give you the capital, but we're going to hold it hostage. We're going to strip out your money and authority. It was put back in, found out, on the day, two days ago when we were debating it. All of a sudden, they said, oh, there's some cleanup stuff here. Uh, this is just a cleanup amendment. I had one of the finance members turn around looking like this isn't a cleanup amendment. Mike, that was a strong-arm tactic. That was to hold a committee chairman in the other body hostage right. who is very conservative and has been asking hard questions as the Ways and Means Committee Chair. Yeah, That's what I see out of it. And who, by the way, hired Donna Arduin? who I'm pretty sure a lot of the old guard really really don't like so was that punishment in addition yeah. to co- you know coercing them because well, then it got added back in cuz I think they found it go what the heck is this
2: and Well this is and ben, ben Carpenter
1: mind. This is the level of chicanery that's going on.
2: Well and Ben Carpenter said not only that they then placed that budget underneath um the that council, council. Instead of having so it be supposed to, to be a standalone, it's supposed to be a standalone independent committee, according to statute and everything else. And through when they put the money back in, they reinstated it under the council. So like said,
1: Mike, the level of the level of manipulation here is next level this year. I actually saw the info quote. He said that he talked about the budget vote, uh, the, the increase to our pay. And he put up something about it. He's like, yeah, these same people that voted you know, for the pay raise basically by not voting on the House Bill 135 the House put up yesterday, they're going to go talk about the pay raise and how they were against it. And he's like, they just voted to give themselves a pay raise. He's like, that's next-level hypocrisy. Well, he ain't wrong. And I'm seeing some next-level manipulation this year with the budget and how they're moving money around, holding other bodies and their chairman at risk or basically putting them under their thumb. I mean, Mike, it is. It, they're not even in the closet anymore. It's like full on, just right. full on warfare. It right. is amazing to watch, and and not in a good way. But I think because of all of this strong-arming and this manipulation and holding the budget hostage and treating the body like a you know like a second class citizen, I think that's kind of like I said. I think it's backfired. I think it's instead of making a lot of them cave, I think it's made them mad, and I think it's kind of coalesced them. So. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, somebody could cave. It happens every year, right? There's always a couple people that give up. It doesn't take that many to pass this budget and and give the Senate, you know, the Senate gets its way again, but maybe not. So, I mean, who knows? By the end of the day, we'll see, but it is very likely that we will leave this four months when Texas does it in two. (laughs) Right. Uh, You know, Alaska just can never get the job That's just too hard. It's just too complicated. I'm like, yeah, we must have a Great education system for all the money we're throwing at it because we can't freaking do the budget in four months. So we will probably signe die tonight with nothing. The governor will likely call back a special session at whatever time he chooses with what he chooses to put on it. And we'll go into a special session and we'll start over and see where it goes. And so, you know, and that can happen a number of ways. I, I don't know how else it's going to play out at this point, Mike. Well, because it's... The, you, you have just completely. The Senate finance table, including the Senate majority leadership, pretty much have torpedoed their relationship um, with the House right now. And, you know, it's not like this is, you know, people have long memories, Mike, and it's not like this is we're going to go on to a new session next January with new people after election. It's the same people sitting in this body going, how you treated us? You think they're going to forget that next year? Mike, yeah. this was not a good way to do business, nor is it good governance. No,
2: really it, well, good. yeah, it's not It's not good governance. It's not fair. It's not living up to the principles. It's not living up to the actual policies of the legislature. They're just making stuff up as they go along because they feel like they're due and they can do, as you said earlier, we can do whatever we want. Okay, well, the, there are consequences to actions. That's what it comes down to. State Senator Mike Schauer, uh, my friend, thank you so much for coming on board. As always, I appreciate it. I guess we'll know more tonight, tomorrow. It'll be Next week should be an interesting discussion.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, it looks like we'll have a few uh, radio programs in June to
2: talk about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend, uh, hold the line. Folks, we're out of time. Tomorrow's another day. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Be kind, love one another. Uh, Kevin McCabe makes a comment, uh, which I think is is pertinent. Uh, the problem is, is if the governor doesn't call the special session, then the legislature can do anything they want. They could talk about it. They could do have anything that they want in the special session. If the governor right. does it in a proclamation and narrows the focus, then they just have to do one certain thing. So, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, if the governor didn't do anything and just vetoed the budget. I, uh, that, you know, that would also be an interesting thing. I don't know what's going to happen here, but, uh, the whole Confucius, he, he
1: kept, Kevin, Kevin's right, Mike, but remember too, they have to get 40 to do that. And I don't yeah. think they have 40 people with how they've torpedoed this relationship. They're certainly not going to get the vote of the three Senate minority members. That doesn't sound like a lot. Yeah. when you start talking to a couple of bodies over in the house, well, that starts to make a big difference. There are times where our vote matters depends on how we've been, been treated, right? We haven't been yeah. treated like crap, you know, in the Senate. And we still, even to this day, Mike, we still have people talking about us. We just had a constituent of Senator Hughes a couple days ago say, yeah, he was calling in one of the Senate finance co-chairs' offices to, you know, voice some concerns. And the staffer was saying, well, they're just terrible people. They're hard to work with. We are still being stabbed in the back, Mike, by the (laughs) Senate Majority Coalition that said, no, no, they're the bad ones. They're the ones that talk about people. They are still doing it to us today. But it is our fault.
2: Of course it is. Of course it is. Of course it's your fault.
1: It's going to be hard for them to get 40 to put it on the call. And the governor's got a real shoot. I think it was only like an hour after signing that. I think he has to make the call. So they're probably prepping, you know, the proclamation now to to get it on there. But I don't see how this body, with how it stands today and how people are being treated, um, primarily by the Senate Majority Coalition, I don't see how they're going to get 40 votes to come back together and put something on the call. I I mean, we were a lot more – in 2019 and we couldn't get the numbers to come back and do it so i don't know how you're going to do that now they've just completely torn this building apart with their scorched earth tactics it's crazy
2: uh you said you don't think the governor would call the session somewhere else um but i would be interesting if he did but he'd have to stand behind it otherwise well although i don't know there's pressure if there's no budget then there's even more pressure for them they have to show up I mean, maybe he could, maybe he could call it on the road system and they would have to show up because there is no budget uh, at this point. So, I mean, I don't know. It's uh, it's an interesting.
1: I mean, like, yeah, he could, Mike. But like I said, we go back to 2019 and, you know, about 38 of the legislators, even though they were the ones truly breaking the law because they had to go where the governor called it. He had the constitutional authority and he used it and they blew it off. once again they didn't follow the law and once again the courts just basically whatever you know um a wonderful judiciary that just lets us get away with whatever we want that's exactly how it played out mike i went there and i said look all you guys got to do come here if you don't want to be here in wasilla come here gavel in set a new thing and gavel out then you're legal they couldn't even do that so i don't know if mike is willing to spend the the emotional energy (laughs) on having that battle again Gonna be bad enough to get the budget passed and whatnot so that's why i doubt that he's gonna i mean he could but i don't think he's gonna play that game this time around i think he's just gonna be you know just get back to juno and do your flipping job and pass a budget give me something so we can move on that's my guess is that's probably what's going through his head right now but yeah you know, i don't know
2: well uh mike shower uh it's been a long what a long strange interesting <clears throat> trip it's been right i mean that's the that's kind of where we're at right Ooh. now Um, Yeah,
1: well, you know, I will tell you this, Mike, I am actually in retrospect, I am glad that they booted us and shunned us into a corner because I would not want to be in this Senate majority right now being responsible for this train wreck. I am actually very happy to be sitting in a minority of three watching the train because I think I just exited the train. I stepped off as they put the throttle to full afterburner, and the sign as they busted through it says, Bridge out ahead, <laughs> full speed. <laughs> and I'm watching the train as it's going to go to the bridge. I'm like, See ya. Bye, guys. I ain't a part of this freaking mess. This is Roger Hollow's dumpster fire, Mike. Yeah. I'm glad I, I got booted at the beginning because I, I wouldn't want to be
2: responsible for this mess. <laughs> this is this at is at all. This is just like my favorite quote from Tropic Thunder. You never go full retard. Uh, it, it just it just it happens. It just happens. That's this I'm is glad what to not be a part of it. Yep. This is what arrogance and hubris brings you right here, my friend. Maybe, just maybe. Their sins will find them out. We'll see what what goes on here. All right. Well, Mike Shower, thank you, my friend. It's good to talk with you. Thank you for being part of it today. Hold the line. Uh, I'll be right back to you. Don't go anywhere. Folks, we are out of time. We got to go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio.